Phil Collins be with you. And also with you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we got to talk about this. Right, it's on the blog for people yes. who want to see it. Yes. Whythepodcast.com, which I don't think we do a good job of promoting. No, we're terrible at it. Because there's some cool stuff up there. There's very cool In stuff up there all the time. Including a picture of a baby Jesus commissioned by a church in Mexico that happens to look suspiciously like 1986's Phil Collins. And I mean, he really looks like him. Like I've shown the picture without <laughs> any context. Like I showed it to Dave without telling him the story. And he goes like, that looks like Phil Collins. <laughs> but he, So even without knowing the backstory, he could feel it yes. coming in the air tonight. He could totally feel it coming in the air tonight. He has an invisible touch for things like that. Well, isn't that just another <laughs> euphemism for the Holy Spirit that they haven't used yet? Well, but I think they will now. I know. And right. I was saying to my wife, couldn't you retitle the entire New, New Testament, Hello, I Must Be Going? Ooh. Think about it. Yes. And then Revelation That's would just true. be called, Revelation would just be called, but seriously. It would. Yeah. You yeah. See? This is yeah. all making sense. <laughs> I feel like this could be the way we breathe life back into modern Christianity. Is to make Jesus look like other 80s pop stars? And to title the Bible after great albums. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, we I still mean, haven't figured out the how the Susudio works into all of this. I know. The Susudio is a tough one. But I mean, in the air tonight, no jacket required. Because as you will notice, yeah. baby Phil Collins is not wearing a jacket. Um, no, you are correct. He is not yeah. wearing a jacket. And I mean, I'm sure... For the church, it's just another day in paradise. Well, of course. Right. It, it is. I mean, something I happened like... on the way to heaven. No, you can go for a while. I'm just reloading. No, here. I, I, I want <laughs> you to keep going. I'm actually enjoying it. Like, I don't have to do anything. I see. Well, it's the nice thing about Catholic churches that no one can dance. So you don't feel like. Right. Left you, out. Don't, you don't feel left. That is one of the worst Genesis songs, by the way. I have a soft spot in, in I mean, the, I guess the era, well, maybe it's the video that I don't like. Mm, the black or white tribute at the end there with the car keys. Well, I don't know. It just. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a, what's going on back there? I hear like noises. Like is somebody, is there an animal escaping? Is there, or? Is there, I feel like this is that movie with what the people from uh, Haunting of Hill House did before. Uh, is the gimp getting out? Is that what's happening yes. over there? I guess you better wake him up then. <laughs> yes. You know what it is? I bet it's the floor, wood floors upstairs. Maybe I should go upstairs. Is Ringo upstairs? No, I kind of like it. It's creepy. Um, right. Ringo's upstairs and Dave is upstairs. Especially if we are recording the video. I think it's perfect. That it just looks like you're in some sort of hovel. Uh, yes, I know. Yeah. I, my backgrounds are going to constantly change. I've, I've decided that that's what I do want to continue to do. If we do actually get money, I think we should invest in getting a backdrop for you yes. that stays the same no matter where you go. Or we do green screen and just in these videos, we just put in something where you are. Well, you know I would want a green screen. Because it'd be like you're at Loch Ness. You're yes. in the Grand Canyon. You're going to eat me. Yeah. I'm running from a T-Rex. Yeah, exactly. You're Jurassic World. It'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah. I love this idea. 
um, the Playboy Mansion. Yes, exactly. This is why, with your hosts Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. Where exactly do you mer? Is that the right term? Well, we usually refer to it as mermaiding. Okay. Where do you mermaid? Well, the interesting thing is, while I'm based in Traverse City, Michigan, as a professional mermaid, I do travel all over the state of Michigan and actually am able to work just about anywhere in the world. Uh, last April, we were in Singapore doing a show. So it uh, really depends on where there's a need. How did you end up mermaiding in this lifestyle? Or do you choose it or does it choose you? It definitely chose me. It was a really interesting uh, time in my life. Mm-hmm. I graduated high school with the intention of going to college, but I had a, uh, a few medical issues along with uh, some mental health problems. And it just really wasn't a good time for me to go to college. So I ended up putting that on the back burner and tried pursuing something online since I had a very terrible anxiety of being around people. So I thought, I have to make money somehow. I'm going to try making money online. Uh, Long story short, I discovered YouTube and I discovered something called cosplay, which is dressing up as um, different characters. Mm -hmm. And I... We had a channel for a while about cosplaying, and from cosplay, I uh, actually came across a magazine that my dad brought home one day, and it had an article about professional mermaids. And I was never really the mermaid type of person. I was more of the uh, <laughs> dragons and demons and darkness and just the creepier things in life. <laughs> more, more dry yeah, land. Yeah, more dry land, more yeah. spooky, um, just more powerful creatures, not girly princess sort of stuff. And uh, I saw that, and for some reason, for a year, I thought about the idea of being a professional mermaid, and I couldn't get it off my mind. So I decided to jump and buy a uh, $3,000 silicone mermaid tail. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, now that's all history, and uh, (laughs) here we are. That's amazing. So how did you end up in... In Singapore. Sorry, not to go backwards, but that's a really long swim. I want to know how you ended up there. It's, uh, I don't really still know how it all came together, but I built an online presence as a mermaid. I uh, have a YouTube channel that's quite popular, and my Instagram is quite popular as well, um, in the community at least. And because I was one of the more well-known mermaids, and I'm also a gothic mermaid, I have a very unique I guess, place in the community. And so I had somebody reach out to me. It was a group called the Mermaid Alliance. And they asked me if I'd like to go to this dive expo in Singapore. And uh, they paid for the plane tickets and everything. And uh, I was on my way to Singapore. (laughs) That's amazing. It kind of just happened. And I'm really glad it did. It was a great experience. uh, But it still doesn't feel real <laughs> did you have room for anything else in your suitcase other than your tail oh goodness well my luggage was a hard case luggage so it weighed about 10 pounds a piece a set of three and uh, my tail weighs about 30 pounds okay so i had room in my luggage i just didn't have like much of a weight limit left <laughs> right <laughs> but luckily singapore is really hot so you just have to kind of dress 
minimal clothing. So that, that worked out. When somebody hires you to come to event and mermaid, what exactly do you do? Are you underwater or are you on dry land with the landlubbers? Is that the right term? It would be the right term, sure. Okay, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> well, it really does depend on the event. I have had people hire me to work in a tank. Mm-hmm. I've worked in three different tanks. No, actually four different tanks um, during my professional experience as a mermaid, which mostly involves being behind glass and posing as a uh, fish, I guess. People take pictures next to you. Sometimes you can pop out of the water and talk with people or make mermaid noises, depending on where you're at, who hired you and what their rules are. What noise does a mermaid make? Sorry to interrupt. All sorts of different noises, and we're all unique in our ways, but... uh, Lots of clicking noises and dolphin noises and sort of noises. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, go back to what you're saying. You're... <laughs> and other events I've worked, I've worked in the lake, which is interesting because I am legally blind and can only see three inches when I'm in the water because of my oh vision. My gosh. Wow. And yeah, it's a lot easier when people wear bright colored clothing so I can point them out. Um, but my dad helps me. He is. My mer which is the person who helps me move around and uh, wheel me around on carts and such, and also help me find people when I can't see. Oh. So I've done in-the-water events in Lake Michigan. I've worked in tanks. I have worked in swimming pools, although I prefer not to because they're pretty crowded. And it's, um, with my vision, it's not always easy to see who's where. Mm. And sure. also... Worked a lot on land. I've been on the back of a Mustang, a convertible, that is, not a horse. Who has Yeah, uh, among other things. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like you've had way more adventures than Ariel ever had. Well, thank you. <laughs> like, way more adventures, which is why my nieces and nephew felt that you were even cooler than she was right out of the gate when they saw you on the beach in, like, like in Traverse City. How is the tail held on? How do you clean it? What's your water bill like? <laughs> I don't mean to barrage well, that's you. Okay, that's a very interesting question, and I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Well, to start, the tail is made out of dragon skin silicone, which is like medical-grade silicone. It's pretty thick, and again, it's heavy, about 30 pounds. And to get into it, it's a very interesting process. Put on these little neoprene socks, I strip down to a bathing suit bottom or my underwear, <laughs> and I take a mix of water and conditioner and also water-based uh, lubricant, which is so much fun to pull out of your beach bag. <laughs> <laughs> and I lather up my uh, my legs up to my belly button, and I have to take the tail and gently slide it up. And once it's on, it stays on pretty well um, on land. But when it comes to swimming, I have to let all the air bubbles out before I go. Otherwise, it can uh, slip off. How did you figure this all out? Trial and error and also <laughs> talking to other professionals. <laughs> but um, it's kind of just something you have to make up as you go and figure out on your way because there aren't many resources out there, which is part of the reason I started my channel is to help other mermaids for getting started since it is a really unique industry. Your blog is full of uh, really helpful tips for people looking to get into the mer industry. Uh, The one that kind of looking at it now, I look at it and think, oh, of course. But 
know how to use your tail and don't swim alone. How do you swim with a tail? It's actually, there's a move that a bunch of swimmers, I think like an Olympics or whatever, I'm not really somebody who follows a bunch of swimming things, so mm-hmm. pardon my lack of uh, correct terminology. Sure. But there's something called the butterfly kick, and there's something called the dolphin kick. And, you know, actually, I think it's just, I don't know if it's called the dolphin kick, just in the mermaid lingo, if that's actually a thing. But you basically just kind of have to do the wave with your body, like you're doing the worm underwater. And because <laughs> <Okay>. tails, yeah, <laughs> the tails have monofins in them, which is like a uh, a flipper, but that's fused together and has two foot pockets on one giant fin. And that gives you some propulsion and allows you to uh, move in a somewhat graceful manner. <laughs> Do you ever feel trapped or claustrophobic in the fin? I actually do not. I know a few people who have told me that, oh my gosh, I can never do that. My legs tied together and everything like that. It would be too confined and I'd feel claustrophobic. But to me, it's not something that bothers me at all. Because especially when you're in the water, it feels really comfortable and natural. Now, I will say on land, wearing a silicone tail is extremely painful and yeah. puts a lot of weight on your ankles. Um, but I've never felt claustrophobic. Just maybe sometimes lose feeling in my toes. <laughs> so how do you keep a tail clean? Uh, cleaning a tail is a super interesting process. It depends on the type of water I've gone swimming in. If I swim in a lake, I usually will just rinse my tail out really good with a hose. If there are a bunch of planarians or anything that's going to stick to my tail, I will take a, a soft scrub brush and just kind of wipe it down on the outside and as much as I can on the inside along with closing it off just to get any sand, any hitchhikers or anything like that off. And I also will put the hose on the inside to drain the sand out of the uh, drainage holes, which are in the bottom of my fluke, which is the thin area. Um, And if I go in anything like chlorine or at the end of the year when I've used it a lot and it's really dirty, I will take my tail up to the bathtub. It's a very long, extensive process, which involves a lot of scrubbing, a lot of vinegar, (laughs) a lot of being on your knees, scrubbing the tail, getting inside, trying to uh, just get any garbage out that's in there and prevent the uh, growth of mold. You say go up to the bathtub, and I was picturing splash. A little different. It's a little different. It's it's (laughs) like splash, but minus the uh, the body, just just with the tail. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's not as uh, elegant and beautiful as that movie scene may have been. <laughs> what is the mermaid season? When does that run from when to when? It does depend on where you live. There are mermaids in Australia who are at their peak right now. But for me, my peak season for work would be usually the start of April to the end of September is when the busy season is. Uh, but honestly, you could be a mermaid any time of the year. been out on the ice a couple of times before for pictures. I've had people hire me for winter events indoors. Well, the peak of the season is usually summertime. I was going to say, because you're not very oh, well uh, covered. Well, that's where bath clothing comes in handy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> Well, I only learned that this year. Last year, I just, you know, shivered through a couple of events, but it's part of mermaid life, I guess. So um, of all of the many events you've done, which all are 
fascinating and beyond even the realm of what I think I thought a mermaid did. What stands out as the one that was the most memorable for you? As much as I loved being in Singapore, I would have to say that my favorite event I've worked so far is the Boyne City Pirate Festival. It's kind of an event that I didn't really help start, but I was there from the start of it, and I collaborated with the uh, person, Tommy Tropic, who runs the event. And this year I got to actually coordinate the mermaids and help get the mermaids set up and bring new mermaids in. And my sister was one of the mermaids. And being able to have your sister, who I'm a really good friend with, um, be there with you for an event is just another level of fun. So there were squirt gun fights, there was splashing in the water, throwing coins at kids during a parade, just all sorts of fun things. And it was uh, a really good memory. What's the term for a group of mermaids? A group of mermaids <laughs> is called a pod. Just like a dolphin uh-huh. a pod. Oh, that makes sense. Are you looking, can this grow at all? Are you waiting for the call from like Wiki Wachi? Is that the big game? Or do you just want to kind of continue meeting people and mermaiding around the area and, and around the world? That is actually the ultimate goal is to just make friends. I don't really care about being in a spring and dancing around to show people what I'm doing because, again, I can't see well. I'd probably be facing the wrong direction anyways, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> I, I simply enjoy making new friends and I, I like the um, working for the small Michigan events, just the, the ones that have that family feel of the pure Michigan community, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not really out there to get super big, although I don't mind going to places like Singapore and trying new things, but I really do like just making friends and making the kids happy and the family smile because their kids are happy and that's really my ultimate goal is to make memories for people. Do all mermaids have crabs? Or is that just Ariel? Oh, like talking crabs? I think no. yeah. at first, I mean, I, well, I was you, wondering. You, like, any, any <laughs> no, like what? What's Sebastian? Sebastian. What's well, Sebastian I haven't really met that like? fellow, but I have met a fair share of crawdads. <laughs> and uh, I, I've learned that uh, they don't like it when your fingers go under the rocks, whether you're grabbing on for dear life or not. They get quite angry with you and had a few oh, no. little finger pokes here and there. <laughs> oh, dear. Sounds terrible. Curious creatures, though. Has it affected your ability to eat fish at all doing this? Somewhat. I actually, we had a couple of ex- experiences this summer it's funny because i asked it's funny because i asked my audience what would you like to see this summer what would you like us to focus on and everyone said we want you to swim with more animals so i'm like well there's fish in like michigan but they aren't like the fish in the tropical oceans and everything where there's just like a whole cluster of them okay we'll try and so this year i don't know what kind of madness this is but Every lake we went to, we had a new encounter with a fish or a creature of some sort. And uh, there was actually a smallmouth bass in Crystal Lake up by Beulah. And Dad and I were filming some videos. And he just stopped one time. And I'm like, what's the matter? Do you see this fish? And, of course, I can't see well. So I squinted and squinted and tried to find it and couldn't find it for the life of me. And 
So he pointed down, and I went over there, and I see this big blob, probably close to a foot long. And it was a smallmouth bass, and it was just staring at his leg. So we started swimming, and it started swimming with us. And we'd move around, and it would get close, and it would let you almost touch it. And it kept turning around and looking at us. And so we got some video footage with it. And then eventually decided, well, maybe it had a nest and it was trying to get us to leave. So we left and we swam far away. And we were by some other people and some little girl told us she saw a fish that had red eyes. And we thought, well, we told her we saw the fish. She's probably just saying that she saw a fish too, just because the mermaid said she saw a fish with red eyes. We thought nothing of it. Came home, reviewed the video footage. And lo and behold, after we swam far, far away from where we found this fish, it had followed us That's all so the way cool. to the main part of the beach. And you've, we've learned that the fish, they're so curious about people because we don't really go down there much. So they're thinking, what is this cool thing? I want to study this. See, I thought it was just hitting on you. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> He's not my type. <laughs> Since this is a... I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase the question. You must get some weird emails. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lovely way to put it. You're getting very like tactful in your you. old age, Luke. Even after the crab joke? They get weird, right? They do get quite weird. How weird have they gotten? Well, I have this one person who keeps emailing me asking me if I can connect them with the water spirit because they want to be friends with the water spirit and need to contact the water spirit. And I get this email like reworded, retyped, just begging me to hook them up with whoever this water spirit is like (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Wow. I I don't know what you want and what you're expecting of me. But I can't help you. Do you ever, is it somebody local? Do you ever wonder when you're walking around Northport, like if they're right there hanging out at the No, brewery? I think this one told me that they're from like, I think it was somewhere in Africa. Okay. So oh, that they're... one, hmm. yeah. hmm. I, I think it was a younger person, which I, I try to tell kids, if you want to talk, we can talk in the comments, but email for the adults only. Yeah. <laughs> What is it about mermaids that make, why do you think mermaids are sort of having a moment? I mean, I know they've been around forever, but obviously you walk into any store and it says, you know, if you can be anything, be a mermaid. Why do you think they're having such a moment right now? I think everyone's always been fascinated with uh, fictional characters. And I think because of Silicon Mermaid Tales and Fabric Mermaid Tales, and uh, all these things people have come up with to allow you to look like these mythical creatures, I think that has helped to give mermaids more exposure. Because it's not really possible to turn yourself into a unicorn or a dragon or anything like that. But mermaids are real now, and uh, maybe not the sense they are like in stories where there's magical creatures, but they are real in the sense that there are people who dress up as mermaids and put on shows and they look real and they behave in a way that makes them have the illusion of being that magical creature that everyone's always dreamed of seeing swimming by <laughs> when they were a kid. You've been doing this, you mentioned that you're legally blind, uh, that you found this after some rough waters, if you will. 
what has this given you? How has mermaiding changed your life? It started out after high school. I was afraid to go to the grocery store. I would just have breakdowns and panic attacks in the middle of the grocery store. I would just cry and cry. I didn't know why. just had a lot of just issues being around people. And uh, becoming a mermaid, there's something unique about being somebody else and having to take on a certain persona that eventually over time, the more you are that persona, the more you become like that character in real life. And so I specifically designed my character to be my highest self would be. And over time, I've kind of grown into the character in real life and adopted traits. It's really helped that as a mermaid, it doesn't matter if you're scared or not, people are going to come up to you and for the most part, they're going to be polite and kids are going to want to ask you a bunch of questions and it just forces you to open up because as we discussed earlier, there is no escaping when you're in that tail. You cannot run away. (laughs) (laughs) Being a mermaid and having to, uh, and with being a mermaid and a public figure, I've also had to go to different events and because people recognize me as, I want to say, professional of professionals, but kind of like a business or industry leader, they expect me to kind of be the person to come to for advice and <laughs> someone who is going to speak up and uh, talk on stages <laughs> and everything. And I've actually had to do some speeches as a mermaid and it went from I used to break down in grocery stores to someone's handing me a mic and there are people watching and waiting to hear what I have to say. You don't really have a choice but to just adapt and grow. It's been life-changing. For more information about Mermaid Phantom, check out her website, themagiccrafter.com, where you can read her blog and learn all about mermaiding. She also has a YouTube page where she posts as The Magic Crafter. Be sure to follow Why the Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our YouTube channel for some additional great Why content. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Today's show was produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist, our reluctant executive producers, John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen. Our intern is Randy Jeanette. The theme song was performed by the Electrosynthno Magnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. Nigel, is that you? Are you here, Nigel?